Welcome to the Darkness Dwells podcast. I am your host, Jason White, and uh, and who are you? I'm Michael Schitz-Ryan. Nice, nice to meet you all. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, too. <laughs> Did somebody invite you here? <laughs> no, I just kind of stumbled into the studio here, and you guys have a nice craft services table. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very... Uh, it's, it, we're, we're taken care of here. <laughs> I can tell. It's very plush. It's almost like we're rich. I know. It's all those sponsors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're rich, all right. Uh, <laughs> rich in imagination, maybe. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, this week we have a we have another great episode. But before uh, <laughs> before we get into any of that, uh, as Michael mentioned, I I will go into the sponsors, and we are very very proud to be sponsored by Crystal Lake Publishing. Uh, they've published many. Uh, Many a legendary horror writer and upcoming legendary horror writers. Uh, they strive for each of their books and outreach programs that's launched to not only entertain and touch or comment on issues that affect their readers, but also to strengthen and support the dark fiction field and its authors. So uh, I highly recommend you go check out uh, Crystal Lake Publishing. <laughs> Crystal Lake Publishing. <laughs> And, uh, you know, like, uh, they, they, they've been around since 2012, and they have quite the catalog already, and I, I can't recommend them enough. Uh, we've uh, been blessed to, uh, to talk to a couple of their, uh, their authors. You can, uh, you can check out Patrick Rutigliano's, uh interview from a few episodes ago, and uh, Richard Thomas, who's uh, coming out with a, uh, an anthology of short stories with them very shortly so i highly recommend them wonderful and uh next up we are also sponsored by audible.com now if you don't know what audible is it's an audiobook uh online store and uh basically or go to www.audibletrial.com slash darkness dwells and sign up for a free membership. That free membership gets you one uh, free credit, and that credit gets you one audiobook. And after the first free mom- month, uh, you basically pay about $15 a month, and that will get you one credit, which again gets you a uh, an audiobook. And that's a really excellent deal on audiobooks, because if you buy them physically or digitally... They're pretty expensive, so I highly recommend it. I've been a member for a long, long time. And I'm going to recommend Necroscope by Brian Lumley. Ooh, yes, that that is like, it's so weird that you say that, because that's on the top of my to-be-read list. Cool. I highly recommend <laughs> this To-be-read list is better expansive, but, oh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been excited about about reading those that lovely series forever. Yeah, so have I. I was looking for it forever, and one day I was in the used bookstore, and, and like the first three were there, and I was like, oh my god, I've never seen this in the bookstore ever. So I swiped them. Yeah. But uh, the, the audiobook is cool, too. It's a, it's a fun series, and uh, uh, the first book here is narrated by James Langton. It's 17 hours and 24 minutes, and uh, it is an unabridged audiobook. And here is the short synopsis. Uh, Harry Keoff, I think is how you pronounce it, is the man who can talk to the dead. The man for whom every grave willingly gives up its secrets. The one man who knows how to travel effortlessly through time and space to destroy the vampires that threaten all of humanity. 
and uh, it, it's it's just as fun as it as it sounds. I highly recommend that one. And I, I think what what always stopped me because the used bookstore I used to go to in in San Jose. They always had a bunch, but they never had the first one. Yeah, that was always the problem. They always had, like, the yeah. uh, like my bookstores, even the used bookstores, always had the later books. Yep. Um, but never, ever the first one. Yeah. And, so and I, was, I can't do that. I can't, no. except except with my John Sanford thrillers, which I read completely out of order. Um, usually that would, that just annoys my spidey senses. I can't, I can't <laughs> fathom doing that. I need things in order, but... <laughs> Usually I do too, but like I was reading uh, Michael Connolly, uh, his Bosch series. Yeah, I, I started that on like book fifteen, and that's unlike me. I I always like very strict about going to book number one if I'm going to read a series. But I really wanted to check that that stuff out. So, so I probably should. I can't start. even believe that he has that many now. Oh, he's he's like in the, in the twenties now. These people, wow. I swear, they wake up and they they have a bowel movement and a book comes out. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> it is, but it's <laughs> got to be true. <laughs> well, they obviously don't have day jobs, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, our show is also very proud to be sponsored by uh, Mother of Abominations by oh, it's a Monster Earth novel, and it's by Desmond Reddick. And uh, stay tuned to further episodes because we haven't done it yet but he is planned to be on the show so no promises because you never know but uh we uh, plan to have him on the show and check out uh the commercial i made for him a little later on in the show <laughs> which is really awesome uh, you know i mean i know i'm 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 partial because i'm part of the show but you did a really great job on that oh thank you i, I think it's the music that does it <laughs> you got that seventy no, five vibe going. You have you have a really great radio voice. You oh, know, really? it's uh, it's it's really good. I I I have to disagree. I, well, you know, you're the not the only person to say that. You're the second person to say that. But I honestly don't hear it. I uh, I guess because I hear myself. And uh, yeah, and yeah, that's like, bizarre. And well, when I first started doing the show, I really had to uh, take a step back when uh, listening to. It, first of all, I had trouble doing it, as I've said before. <laughs> it took me like a year or more to feel comfortable enough <laughs> yeah. to do it. And then listening to myself, it was just like, oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can do it now. So thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. All right, let's so, pat each other on the back a little bit more. All right, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, how, about we, uh, how about we start the show off? What do you think of that? That sounds great. All right, we're get into this. And we're going to do so as we usually do with the news. So, um, I have one, uh, you know, I was looking and looking, 
and I couldn't really find anything this week. Uh, but I did find one thing that just kind of popped up out of nowhere while I was and looking. And what's that? It's a Hellraiser. Uh, <laughs> they're uh, apparently... Dimension Films is apparently uh, making another sequel within the, uh, within the franchise. Now, this news always gets people excited because, hey, yay, another... Uh, <laughs> Another Hellraiser film, right? Pinhead's coming yeah. back. But, oh, there's this, actually, some very interesting news with this one, though. Um, Heather Langenkamp, she's best known as Nancy from Wes Craven's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first yeah. couple, and then the uh, the uh, the meta one, the uh, new Nightmare one. She's going to be in it. So, who knows? Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be decent. I don't know. But, uh, you know... I will watch this film no matter what because it's Hellraiser and I love Hellraiser. Well, of course. And you know what? I actually like the last one, the the Revelations, which really? you know, infamously is the one that Doug Bradley isn't in. Yeah. But but it impressed me, you know, because it went back to the original theme of these these young guys that wanted to explore the the promises of pain and pleasure from the uh from the the Marchand's box. Yeah. So you know, I thought I thought it was pretty good. You know, yeah. I'll go on record as saying that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I, I watch all of them. You know, for the hope. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think uh, this relationship is over. No, I'm just joking. Oh no! <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm joking. Air. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't like it, but uh, I didn't go into it expecting to hate it or even like it. Um, there were some things about that movie though that I did like. And uh, nobody's ever mentioned this, but if you've read the novella, the, uh, her, uh, what's it called again? Uh, Hellbound Heart. Yes, the Hellbound Heart. If you go back to that and read it, and then watch that movie, you'll, you'll notice that the Cenobites are a little bit more closer to that source material uh, than uh, than the original like, uh, Clive Barker's version uh, film version of uh, Hellraiser, which is really interesting. <laughs> a lot of people hated the new Pinhead, but he, because yeah. he's whispering and all that, but he does that in the novella. So that makes perfect sense to me. And I, another thing that did impress me with the movie is how much they kept to the uh, mythology of yeah. uh, of of the Hellraiser thing. What I didn't like about the film was the uh, over dramatic. Uh, acting, it, it was just over the top, and uh, the the writing seemed to me to be really, really poorly done. <laughs> it it <laughs> seemed like a rush job. They, it, it was like they did it with love, and yet at the same time they needed it done by a certain time, and so they uh, they rushed it. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, they did it quickly with love. Yeah, yeah so I get that. there's a lot of people who who don't see that though and I, I don't see why like even Clive Barker wrote the thing off as not a real Hellraiser film and uh, I don't know but like yeah. I said I, I actually don't like that film very much but there's some things about it that I do respect you know there was I, I'm going to bring this up and I have absolutely nothing to back this up with but didn't Clive Barker direct one of the later sequels that didn't turn out so so he used that uh, industry standard pseudonym of, of what is it, Ad Alan Smith or whatever, Alan you know, Smythe? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that as rumor, and and the director is um, Alan or Adam 
Smith or Smythe or whatever, which is supposed to be known as, as a pseudonym for a director that the project just didn't turn out right. Um, oh. I don't know which movie that was. I don't know if it's true, but uh, it's one of the later ones, like Hellseeker or Dead or something uh, like that. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think that would be because uh, Clive Barker is very... Uh, from what I've read about him and what I've seen in interviews, he's very... Uh, uh, passionate about the things he creates, and yeah. if uh, he didn't write it and and it wasn't from him, he'd probably uh, it's sort of like what he did with uh, this movie that we're talking about here, uh, the Revelations. He, uh, yeah. he, like I said, he sort of uh, kicked its ass and said, "No, this is not a Hellraiser <laughs> film, right?" Um, he would have, I don't know, I I think he would have claimed it no matter what. Um, well, let's get him on the show and find out. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna confess this on the podcast. I wrote him a love letter once. Oh yeah, many many <laughs> many many years ago. And, he? Uh, and he wrote back and was very nice That's and good. encouraged me with my own writing. And and so uh, I'll always remember that he was really nice to That's to a good. young kid with with lots of dreams. That that's awesome. I'm I'm happy to hear that he wrote back because uh, yeah. some people might just say, uh, you know, stupid fans. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that when people are good with their fans like that. I like that. So yeah. uh, so this one is apparently their uh, this new Hellraiser film. They're trying to uh, just like with Revelations, they're trying to keep on to the rights of the of the franchise. Uh, apparently. Uh, recently, they lost um, the Halloween franchise for not making a sequel in time. So, I don't know what the leak... Which, which has not been their problem in the past. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I guess, I, I bet you people got fired over that, so they don't want to lose this one, and so they're going to... I don't know why they bother, though. I mean, you keep the film rights, but what do you do with it? You just sit on it. I guess they're probably making money... Well, they'd be making money on the older ones anyway, I imagine, but... You'd think so, yeah. But you're not... Like, what are you waiting for? Make a good one. Like... Well, I know that's the thing. I mean, I mean, in general, these... any Really, any series, any horror series that, that gets into, like, the seven sequels... Yeah. Once you get that high a number, the quality just drops so drastically. That's true. I guess for the most part, because like, how many times can you uh, repeat, you know, somewhat the same story yeah. within the same going going to the well too often? I yeah. But you could still make it a, an engaging story. I, it, to be honest with you, some of those uh, older ones of the Hellraiser franchise, I actually like. Um, they're at least fun, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, they're, the Hellraiser ones have an interesting vibe. They're uh, the one I don't. I, the one about the cop. There is one about about yeah, the cop. I remember that, that one. Was, that was really good. That was really kind of bizarre. I liked it. Yeah, it was very because dark. I think the original uh, what's her name came back just right at the end too. Oh, Kirsty. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I remember, I'm pretty sure I like that one, too. It's where he's investigating something. There's, like, a suicide in that yeah. one, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just remember that one being very dark. I, I was. It's funny, though, because I was watching the uh, special features on that one, <laughs> and they didn't really tear it up, but they were like, this wasn't meant to be a, a Hellraiser film. <laughs> they were like, this, uh, you know, the writer, the guy who wrote this, uh, intended it to be something else, but they were like, you know what, this could fit a Hellraiser theme, so let's do that. 
And uh, that makes a lot of sense because it does seem like it's just a regular horror movie with yeah. just kind of hints of, yeah. of, of of Pinhead. That's really interesting. That's funny. It, it is funny, but you know what? I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just not necessarily a Hellraiser film. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's all I have. Uh, you were telling me you had well, something? Yes, and I'm going to file this under the Saiyan 8 so news, but Blade Runner 2, talking about sequels, Blade Runner 2 has a release date now of really? January 12, 2018. Now, this is uh, this is like an actual honest-to-God sequel. It's uh, really, is or is it like uh, just like... Uh, it's... Uh, I believe it has Ridley Scott's seal of approval. It's going to star Harrison Ford. They're bringing him back with uh, Ryan Gosling. And the and uh, it's co-written by, I have this written down here, so it's Hampton Fancher, who did write the original script. And I'm going to mispronounce this, but director Dennis Villeneuve is, is directing it. And he did Enemy, which with Jake Gyllenhaal that I keep telling you you need to watch. He did Enemy, <laughs> Sicario, and Prisoners, which are really good movies. So oh. cool. I don't I don't know. I'm scared of seeing a, a Blade Runner 2. The original is a fucking masterpiece. I don't like when they mess with it, but very talented people involved in this. Well, what I like about that idea is, uh, is that they're I'm always very skeptical when they're gonna like do a part two or a part three, and none of the original people are involved. Oh yeah, that's bad news. That's very bad news. <laughs> that's a bad news. But when you when you got like uh, all these people who worked on the first one coming back to do it, uh, then I I'm quite confident it'll probably be uh, a decent movie. Yeah, I sure hope so. I, sure I mean, I so. love the first one. Um, I have, like, memories of watching that when I was a kid. Uh, my mom went on a date with some guy, right? <laughs> and yeah. before uh, going on the date, she rented me Blade Runner. Uh, seeing the cover, I guess she thought it might appeal to, like, an eight-year-old or whatever. <laughs> and and so she threw it on the VCR and left uh, for her date. Uh, or at least that's how I remember it. But I think actually what happened was I put it on later in the night myself. Uh, but she came home <laughs> halfway through it. It was the scene where um, I can't remember her character's name. The uh, the female android. Yeah. Yeah. When she's beating the living shit out of Harrison Ford. Yeah. And uh, and she's like, there's this one scene that you don't see too often. It's on one of the versions though, where after she's beat the shit out of him, she's picking him up by his nostrils. She yeah. got her fingers in his nostrils, and she's picking him like you know, picking him up off the floor that way. And my mom walked in at that point, and I'm, like, looking all scared and pale at the TV. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God, do you want me to turn this off? And I'm like, yes, please. Oh. <laughs> oh. It freaked me out. At man. least it wasn't a sex scene. My mom always always walked in when the boobies were showing, and it's like, you know, this really isn't a dirty movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> that one bad part. Mm. No, but... uh uh, but you know, obviously, I watched it again, and uh, I just fell in love with it. Uh, it's one of those. Actually, you know what? It's a movie I like to watch around New Year's time, not Christmas, but New Year's. Yeah, it just has a New Year's feel to it for me. I don't know why. You know, that's interesting that you say that because um, what was that? There was a movie that came out. 
quite a while ago now that reminded me of Blade Runner. That takes place on New Year's. I oh. really thought that once I started saying that, I'd remember the name of it, but I don't. I think Strange I know. Strange Days. Yeah, Strange right? Days with Ralph Fiennes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah. 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 That's a good movie, too. Yeah. It is pretty good, yeah. It's interesting, anyway. Uh, uh, that was actually a favorite of mine. Uh, it has that Vincent D'Onofrio, I think his name is, in it, too. He plays, like, one of the bad cops near the end. Oh, I don't remember that. I, I love Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, he's uh, he plays, like, a, go watch it again and watch. pay attention to the cops at the end. I'm pretty sure, though I don't have any facts in front of me, that he's one of the cops. And he just, oh, man, he nails it. Like, he can, hmm, one thing I love about him are the facial expressions he could do. <laughs> like, uh, like in, um... That Vietnam movie that he was in, the uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yes, like yeah. when he goes wow. crazy in that movie, Jesus Christ, he he sells it. <laughs> like it's like he's been there. <laughs> yeah, you know I like watching just that first half of that that movie sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. My 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 favorite is actually the second half. I I like the war really? stuff. Oh. Yeah, I like war though. I'm kind of weird that way. <laughs> you should come down to America. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. Especially if uh, if certain uh, people win the next election, I'm gonna try to stay, steer clear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Before I I steer us way off, there was one more thing that I wanted to mention. It sure. just came to my attention, but um, there's a there's a film coming out hopefully called Malevolent. This is the first U.S.-made horror animation movie. Wow. Um, and it's going to be starring, you know, voiced by William Shatner, Ray Wise, and Bill Mer- uh, Bill, Bill Mosley, Bill among, among some others. Um, it's in its crowdfunding stage, ah. but it, it looks really good. Let me read the synopsis here, if sure. you'll let me. Yep, uh, go right ahead. Malevolent is about a young woman named Miriam DeKalb, who's a Facebook friend of mine, so I guess I'm friends with the character, um, <laughs> who works for a nonprofit which promotes global peace initiatives when her billionaire sociopath father, Cyrus Ray Wise, learns he is dying. He calls Miriam and her three siblings together to discuss his will. However, what he actually has planned is to pronounce judgment on them all. They are, in his view, traitors, and he has grisly death traps planned for each of them. Um, hmm. So if you go to my Facebook page, Michael Schutz Ryan, I, I have a little link for anyone to check out and see if that's something they'd like to support or not. Uh, I just think that's really interesting. The first U.S.-made animated horror film. You think that they would have made one by now? You would. Uh, and the thing about the U.S. made, uh, I'm thinking that must, you know, uh, maybe there's some anime horror possibly, but... Uh, oh, there's a lot of anime horror. Um, yeah, okay. I uh, Have you ever watched much anime? No, I had a, I had a roommate once that watched Sailor Moon, and, and that was all I, uh, <laughs> I ever watched. That's <laughs> probably a bad example, <laughs> but uh, really, I mean, yeah. okay. <laughs> I worked with I worked with a guy though who is like obsessed with uh, anime, and he made us watch it a lot. And uh, I I just there's some of it I like, but some of it I really can't get into. Like uh, there's this one uh, show called uh, Naruto. Yes, I see that on my Hulu all the time. Yeah, and that show 
would get really annoying because uh, you have the good guys battling the bad guys and the same goddamn fight would stretch out for, like, and this is no exaggeration, a good three or four episodes. Really? Yeah, of, of like... Oh, and, and those kind of shows, well, that one, that's like an everyday thing, right? There's an episode every day? Oh, I don't know, maybe some of them, but uh, Naruto, no. They, uh, I think they're once... Well, they have a hell of a lot of episodes, so I think what they do is they make a whole shitload of them and then release them, and then they're off for a while, and then they come okay. back, and I don't know exactly how they do it, but I, I just remember... Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch a couple episodes when we're done here, and i got nothing better to do. Yeah, might as well, eh? <laughs> go, go, uh, you, you'll get, like, a, all this build-up for a battle, and you won't be disappointed in the battle because it goes on and on and on. <laughs> Forever. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so is that is that it for the, the news? That was it. Okay, yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna move on, then, to, um... What's this? Oh, never mind. Uh, we're going to move on now to the uh, to the new releases for horror literature. And uh, as usual, I start off with uh, Permuted Press. And uh, this came out... Well, this is for the week of uh, February the... I'm going to say the... The, uh, the 15th. Yeah, it should be 15th or 16th. And uh, this one, although this one came out on the 9th, I'm not too sure if I saw it or mentioned it, but it's uh, by Permuted Press, and it's called Nash, Washington, Dead City, book number one by Brian Parker. I don't think I saw that one, so I'm going to mention it now. <laughs> and uh, we also have Casualties by Dev... We have Casualties <laughs> by Dev Jarrett. <laughs> I lost my tongue there for a moment. And that is Permuted Press. Uh, next up, we have Severed Press. Um, pretty sure I mentioned this one, but I'm going to mention it again just in case. And that's and it looks awesome, so why not? And that is Kraken by Eric S. Brown. And we also have A Broken World, a post-apocalyptic thriller by Andrew uh, Lauk. I think that's how you'd pronounce his name. And uh, moving on to Sinister Grin Press. Uh, now, this one I do know I mentioned in the last episode, but I'm going to mention it again because it's pretty cool. <laughs> and that is uh, The Black Goat Motorcycle Club by Jason Murphy. And also uh, Companions in Ruin by Mark Allen Gunnels. Have you read Mark Allen Gunnels at all? I haven't. You should. I think you might okay. like them. And uh, also, just uh, just as a uh, a heads up to people who might not know, Jonathan Jans has a book coming out with uh, Sinister Grand Press, and it's up for pre-order right now. It comes out March 15th. Jonathan Jans is an awesome author. You should check him out if you haven't. All right. So uh, one more, and that's by ooh, Burning Willow Press. Yay! <laughs> and uh, this week they came out with Wind Up Toy. Uh, by David Hughes. And, uh, you know what? Since you are with with this uh, publishing company, I am, going yeah. to, I am going to read the synopsis. <laughs> oh, good. And it is this. Someone's lurking in the shadows in the small seaside town of Port Cowell, South Wales. Uh, meet Simone. Simone is a quiet, shy boy 
with a murky, well, excuse me, with a lot of murky secrets. Simon plays in the shadows and lives in the cusp of society until he comes out and plays one evening. Like all boys, his mother is his best friend, but he has others, unusual friends, dark, secret friends who are all just dying to meet Simon's uh, new plaything. Dare you come out and have some fun? Will you find out what darkness dwells within Simon? Find You may find yourself screaming for your life. Wind-up toy has been called sickening and horrific, and let that be your warning. Read at your own risk. That sounds oh, that pretty, sounds tremendous. Yes, it oh, does. Wow. And, uh, and he mentioned Darkness Dwells. Did you, did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, find out what Darkness <laughs> Dwells that. within. Um, actually, Ed, Ed Souter uh, tagged me in, a, in a, a post on, I think it was Instagram, with the cover of this book, which is just freaking fantastic. I love it. And uh, and so I added it. I uh, I really love the Souders. Um, uh, Ed was uh, sick this week, I believe, and in the hospital, so I hope everything is going okay with that. Yeah, it was... Uh, I think it was kind of a, a scary situation. I, I've heard that he's doing better. So. Yeah, I've heard just that great he's... great people. I really, yeah. I really love them. They're really nice. Yeah, I love uh, Kendra and Ed. Uh, I have Kendra on the show uh, twice now, and uh, if she's listening... Remember, in round October, November, I'm going to be bugging you again to be on the show. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so uh, hopefully they're doing well and better. And uh, that is all I have for the uh, uh, for the uh, for the new releases of literature. So, uh, if you are ready, Michael, I am ready to start our discussion on one twisted motherfucking movie. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will be talking about Inside by, uh, from 2007. It's a French film. And let me tell you, these French people, they uh, I think they might they might be a little angry. Aren't they great? <laughs> yes. I love French film. I love French horror. With unmatched success since 2012, Crystal Lake Publishing has quickly become one of the world's leading indie publishers of horror and thriller books with a mystery and suspense edge. With stories, interviews, and essays by the likes of Wes Craven, Neil Gaiman, Jack Ketchum, Ramsey Campbell, Kevin Lucia, Jasper Bark, Mercedes M. Yardley, Mark Allen Gunnels, and Clive Barker, you'll want to dive right in. Crystal Lake Publishing www.crystallakepub.com
like Darkness Dwells? Well, why don't you help out the show? The easiest way to do so is to sign on to your iTunes account, rate and review the Darkness Dwells podcast. And we will forever, forever love you for it. And as always, thank you for listening. Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Down Place is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts, describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling, and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Um, well, Hammer means how to get a nail into a block of wood. This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Down Place can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com Should I have said Hammer Pants? 1951 Down Place, the home of Hammer Films discussion. All right, welcome back. So, uh, so as mentioned uh, this week, Michael wanted to dig into my skull and plant a little blood bomb in there. <laughs> well, I love when I recommend a movie, or or when you recommend a movie to me. I always know it's good when you use use the phrase "that was fucked up." Yeah. So i i try to I try to match your taste there and find a fucked up movie for you. And this one is definitely fucked up. It's like. It's the mother of fucked up. I mean, you said uh, that people often um, mention this movie alongside of uh, one of our favorites, Martyrs. Martyrs, yeah, and yeah. and I can see why. At first, I didn't see it. I, I th- in fact, you saying that made me think the movie was going to go in a complete different direction, but it went in a more logical direction, and that was fine. But. Uh, but man, this movie is some. This movie yeah. is like. A, well, go ahead. It's it's part of that that uh, that French um, movement of of horror film that I we talked about it when we talked about Martyrs, and I can't remember what exactly it's called, but but Inside Martyrs and and High Tension are are three examples of of that extreme French style that, that came out right around that time. Yeah, and we're going to have to cover High Tension at some point. Um, because, uh, well, it, it's a movie that I keep running into and I haven't seen yet. Oh. You've seen it, I, I take. I have seen it. Yeah. And I need to watch it again because I'm not going to give anything away, but I didn't think that the ending worked considering everything else that happened in the movie. Hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. Because nobody else has ever said that, and it, and it always comes highly recommended, so I might have missed something. You might have. You might not have. Who knows? I guess we'll figure it, that out in the future. 
<laughs> so uh, in the future the uh, the synopsis for this one is four months after the death of her husband a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby now, this movie is directed by uh, two directors who have done a few of these disturbing movies um, Alexandra uh, Bastillo and Julian Murray and uh, they both wrote it and it stars Alison uh, Paradis uh, Jean-Baptiste uh, Tabourin Claude Lullet and uh, there's another one who should be listed in the front but is not and that's Beatrice Dal or Dali I don't know how you pronounce her name but uh, she is phenomenal she uh, plays the basically the bad guy <laughs> And, uh, so this movie starts off with that car accident that, that's mentioned, and, uh, I tend to watch these movies on, on my, uh, on my laptop with headphones on, so I don't disturb anybody, uh, cause right. I, I typically watch these when everyone's asleep, right? And so the sound effects are something that always pops out at me, and, and this one has plenty of sound effects. Um, it's, it starts off at the very beginning... Uh, the car crash happens, and uh, you see the, uh, the the main character. Um, what's her name? Uh, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, she's uh, she's behind the wheel, and she's like her face is kind of all fucked up. She's bleeding from the mouth, and and she looks over at her husband, who's like unresponsive. And I'm pretty sure his face got kind of caved in, though they didn't really go that far with it. But yeah, so he's dead. <laughs> And uh, right away, you see, like, just the sound effects that has <laughs> the blood like squirts or not squirts, <laughs> but uh, comes out the mouth, and, and you pretty much you're pretty much told what you're in for <laughs> for the rest of the yeah, film. Yeah, it has it has that uh, that that beginning that's a lot like Martyrs, where um, where that that girl it, it starts with her running down the, down the street all all bloody and. Really, in a similar state as, as Sarah is, yeah. up inside. So these these French horror movies really start off with with a bit of a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, right from there, we're taken uh, we're taken to about two or three months in the future, where she's getting her final uh, ultra scan done, and the doctor's telling her that she's coming in the next day. It's Christmas Eve when she's getting this done, and this part I didn't. Maybe it, French culture is different. I don't know, but she's. He's like, okay, tomorrow you come in. It's Christmas Day, and we'll uh, we'll deliver the baby. I guess they're going to uh, uh, they're going to force the uh, pregnancy because the baby's been in there too long. It just I don't know. It, being on Christmas Day, you think they'd wait until at least Boxing Day or something? Yeah, that that seems seems a little little unusual, definitely. And I, I have to wonder what, what the decision behind it being Christmas time, because this is in no way feels like a Christmas movie. They could have easily left yeah. that out. And, and they make a point of it, it yeah. seems to me. And I don't know why. Oh, you know why? It, it's because of the whole Virgin Mary and giving birth to Jesus thing, I think. Maybe? Yeah, that that's probably well, no. it. Yeah, but you know what? Birthing that would, and babies. That would make a lot of sense because of the whole theme of what's going on. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so she, she's picked up by, uh, is it a friend or is it her mother? I believe it's her mother, but she calls her by her first name, Louise. Yeah, she's a, 
you can tell that the uh, the the accident has uh, fucked with Sarah's head. She's not a very yeah, happy and person because she's not very nice. No, it's like the first thing that I noticed when when she's talking with the nurse after yeah. her after her ultrasound. Oh yeah, she's, actually, she really she's really fucking rude, this yeah, Sarah. You know. Yeah, actually, before we move on with the storyline, I wanted to mention. Um, there's a very important scene right after the uh, ultrasound where she's sitting out in the lobby, I guess waiting for her ride, and uh, and this other nurse sits up beside her and starts talking about her own um, delivery, and she lights up a cigarette. Now she she starts telling this very disturbing story about her. <laughs> I mean, okay, picture you're pregnant and uh, you're going to give birth tomorrow, and some moron is telling you about uh, how horrible their experience was when they gave birth to their child. And uh, I wanted to make a note of that because, well, one, that character makes a reappearance later on in the film. And two, um, that happens. (laughs) (laughs) My wife experienced that all the time when she was uh, pregnant with Keenan. People would just start like strangers would just start talking about how horrible their experiences were giving birth. <laughs> really? <laughs> and you, you're, you're like, I don't want to hear that. Are you trying yeah, to man. warn me? Are you trying to be friendly? Yeah, or are you just... Too late. Because, like, that's not stuff that you want to hear. <laughs> but that I, I just found that funny. I, I had a good laugh at that because that's that's that happens. <laughs> and it's very And I, did, I never... I didn't know that. That's something really funny to to know that people like to share their horror stories. Yeah, they do, and uh, at least here in Canada, they do. <laughs> but uh, 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 seeing that was funny. But there's a point to that conversation, and uh, um, I imagine we're going to run into some spoilers here. So I'm going to put the yeah spoiler. we do. It, well, yeah, but this one I think you you can't really talk about without spoiling it because of yeah. what. So happens. watch it first. Yeah, w- pause, watch, pause if, your program and watch it and come back. Yes, definitely. Come, go watch it and come back. And uh, and but if you have seen it, then hey, stick around. <laughs> yes, and stay tuned. <laughs> yes, stay tuned. All right. So uh, so she uh, so she goes home. Uh, she's like quite rude with her mother too. Um, but you know, you can kind of understand. She's she's not in her right mindset. She's uh, not a happy person. She's she's obviously suffering from depression. Um, she just wants to be left alone. Yeah, because I mean, her her husband did was killed just four months before, so yeah, and I she mean, was it's certainly um, understandable. And she was there. <laughs> she was like, she yeah, saw it happen, she was driving, so. right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a weird moment though when she gets home. She goes into that room, and you probably know what room I'm talking about. I mean, the picture, the room is just plastered with pictures of her husband. She almost looks like a stalker. Yeah, and she has that moment where she feels like his ghostly hands wrapping them around her, and he kisses her neck, and and then it's interrupted by something, and and it goes away. But those pictures kind of creep me out. Hmm, that's interesting. Didn't that didn't that freak you out at all? It didn't freak me out um, because she was the you know they kind of make a point of how she she was a photographer and she. She took a lot of pictures. Yeah. I mean, now that you mention it, I can think back, and that is kind of weird because it does look like like a stalker shrine. Yeah, it's very much a stalker shrine. But yeah. I think I think the the purpose of it was uh, just to show us why she's being a bitch is because she 
she's still in like serious mourning of uh, of her husband. She's not a happy person, and if you know anything about people who are unhappy, they're not exactly nice people all the time. So, and they can't help it because they're unhappy. <laughs> yeah. You know, when as a side note, when I get when I get really sad, I I, I don't like being sad, so I get angry. Oh so yeah. Very much similar with me. <laughs> if I'm depressed, you better watch out because I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Yo yo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so, uh, she, uh, I don't remember what interrupts her. Is it, does she get the knock on the door then? I don't, I don't remember either right I don't now. Think I just so. watched it last night. Because I'm, I'm, yeah, I just watched it last night too. I'm pretty sure though she, whatever interrupts her, it doesn't matter, but she finds herself falling asleep on her rocking chair. And oh, it was the call, wasn't it? Oh, her, yeah. Her friend Jean-Pierre called. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, uh, yeah, so he calls, and she tells him that, you know, um, well, he's on call, basically, to come get her, and, uh, for the, uh, for the, uh, operation the next day, and, uh, or the, uh, the, the delivery, sorry, and, uh, I think there's another reason why she wants him to come back that night, and I forget why it is, I don't think it's because of what comes next, but he does come back later. Why is it that he comes back? Do you remember? He comes back because she she calls him again oh, after yeah, yeah. after the okay. woman comes to that's the outside. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so that part happens next. Where the, now I found this generally very creepy. Uh, sh- she's asleep and she's awoken by a knock on the door. <laughs> and she has that wonderful that wonderful nightmare while she is asleep. Yeah. Where she's she's vomiting up the milk. Yeah. And then she gives birth through her mouth. Yeah, the, the, the baby's forcing awesome. its way through her mouth. That was fucked up. <laughs> and uh, it's also another look into her state of mind, I think. And uh, but So she gets that knock on the door, and she goes, and she doesn't want to answer it, because it's Christmas Eve. Um, somebody's saying they have their car broken down just on the, uh, on the corner there. Yeah, right. You know, like... Uh, so she basically tells her to go away, and but she doesn't. Uh, she ends up uh, kind of tormenting her a little bit, and she she takes her camera and starts flashing pictures at, at the window while she's just standing out there, and uh, the the results like the the uh, prints of those pictures when she develops them, it's just creepy. Yeah, and and what's Another thing that that's interesting with, with the whole knock at the door and, and somebody asking for help is because there's they kind of there's conversations around that there's something going on there's some kind of rioting in the street I don't know if we learn why but there's almost kind of like a like a the purge you know that movie there's sort of a purge feel that there's a lot of violence going on at at that that time yeah yeah so. But then again, I don't know what that was about because she calls the cops and they do come, and there's like no violence going on outside. It's quite quiet. Yeah, kind of like the Christmas thing. It's it's brought up. There's a point made of it, but then it kind of uh, doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, like I like I said, she phone makes a couple phone calls and uh, and the cops come and they check out the place. They they say that her her the person who is tormenting her is gone. And we don't really know if she is or not. <laughs> yeah, she's just kind of 
kind she, of she's lingering yeah well yeah you, you 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 can understand that she's you know and and are are we still doing the synopsis or just oh just kind of going through lost. just kind of going through the story because there's so much that happens yeah um so like next um well because this? i just the other thing that that struck me at at that time is I, you know, in these in these horror movies, when people have these modern houses, I swear to God, I am never going to buy a house that has a wall of just glass, like like just floor to ceiling windows, because only bad things ever happen yeah. when you when you have a wall like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always have a fear of being pushed through a window and having my my throat accidentally slit. I know, oh, I know that that sounds like. Uh, a terrible fear, but I saw this happen in a movie once. I can't remember the name of the movie, but somebody was pushed through a window. Actually, it was sort of like one of the, what you're talking about, a wall-to-ceiling uh, glass panel. And and they like ran through it, I think. And <laughs> suddenly they're holding their neck and blood spurting through. And I can just picture that oh-shit moment. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that oh my god, this oh, oh no, this is bad, you know? <laughs> With me, it's just that somebody's gonna going to come up and just stare at me yeah. through the damn window. And you know that's going to happen. And if somebody really wants to get in, I mean, they just break through the damn glass. It's just you have an entire wall made of glass. That's yeah. just not safe. Well, yeah, if if that's what's uh, between you and the outside world, that, that does add quite a few different layers of uh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, as an aside, I'll, I'll say this because nobody knows where I live. But I always keep the bedroom window open because I, I like I like sleeping when it's kind of cold so I can snuggle up. Uh-huh. But like one of my worst practical fears is that while I while I'm still awake, somebody's going to come up to the window and just very clearly lean into the screen and say hello. <laughs> I can <laughs> shit my pants if that ever happened. Yeah, that would scare anyone. <laughs> oh my god! I know I'd put a load in the bed. <laughs> all waste and I always, I, I always read in bed and, and so much of the time it's it's horror fiction yeah, so I start stuff. thinking about that and, oh. but I, I have to admit the beginning of this movie uh, kind of raised my hackles up like in a good way um I didn't. I had to go to the bathroom, but I didn't want to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, it's like I have to go to the bathroom, but I'll just wait until I feel a little less creeped out. And... Well, it's uh, it's it's really a home invasion. Oh, movie, it is very much. So. But but it's so stylized. There's so much atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and you the know, score. It's, it's you know most of them are kind of like funny games or or your next, but this one has like real classic classic horror um along with that home invasion theme it's just, it's really creepy yeah. you know because she, the the woman that attacks her is very much kind of like a like a haunting spirit just as much as she is somebody that's invading her home yeah and for i the think the longest time you're wondering what the fuck's going on you know uh i don't think we'll give away exactly what's going on but yeah. uh, but I will give but away that's this. The, that's the fun of, of this movie, don't you think? Is that you just wonder? I remember the first time I watched it, like and I was I was so happy not knowing what was going on. Yeah. So uh, this woman does enter the house, um, and I'm pretty sure she enters it while the cops are there, doesn't she? Because I I remember she. I, well, no, 
okay. Cause She's I, there when the cops come. Yeah. Oh, you mean when they first come? Oh, I well, don't the know. The first time they come, because I remember yeah. they, they're, when they're searching the house, they have, like, all the doors opened outside. And I'm like, yeah. you have somebody lurking around, and you keep all the, like, the front door and the back door open like that? No. Well, you know, the the police do something really stupid later in the movie, oh, too, do. so I don't oh. know if that's just... Uh, I think it's like a the, precursor, maybe. Or I, yeah, I think it's a precursor to that, because uh, because these cops really make bad decisions. and uh, Yeah. If you're a criminal, you might want to go to France. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. <laughs> don't do that, because they're going to take you into a murder house, and you're going to get murdered. Well, that's... that's you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Because uh, that's pretty much where any story uh, ends. Because after the cops leave, uh, that's pretty much when the crazy shit starts to happen. Um, I can't remember, though, how she makes it into the house. I just remember I her suddenly that's being so there. so weird. But, but I'm sure it's like you said. They probably, you know, we probably missed it because they didn't show it. It's, it's it's stupid that I don't know this when I just watched this last night, but uh, I'm sure that's when it happened. Well, there's so many things going on in this film. and There are. A lot of it's violent. A lot of it's like, you know, like, oh, oh my God. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> you have to turn away. Um, and it happens pretty much right away. I remember, uh, I think she's sleeping again. Yeah, she is sleeping again when, when she enters her room. And here's another creepy scene. I mean... Somebody just invading your room like that, crawling up on top of you with a pair of scissors, and she starts cutting into her belly button. And uh, when she wakes up, she tries to kill her by stabbing her in the face, but she she hits her face, but it's not enough to kill her or anything. It's just like a flesh wound. Um... A deep flesh wound, though. Yeah, the, uh, it, the violence and gore of this movie is terrific. Oh, very much so. And... But she she fights her off and she ends up in the bathroom and that that bathroom scene goes on for a long time and it's very brutal. <laughs> there, there's no other words for it. Uh, the fight between these two people, uh, one is to survive, the other's goal, as you find out, is to get the unborn baby out of the mother and she wants the baby for some reason. And uh, the fight for this is almost like between two seriously bitter enemies. It it is definitely staged that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stabbing. There's uh, <laughs> uh, like it seems very personal. Yeah, very personal. Um, like she stabs her. Uh, Sarah stabs the bad guy, or girl, <laughs> uh, with that. I don't even know what that was. Like an ice pick, but it wasn't an ice pick. And there's a point where uh, there were a lot of a lot of knitting needles in this movie. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, she had the knitting needle. She was knitting before yeah. all this happened. Yeah, so that's probably what it was. And uh, and then there's a other scene where uh, where Sarah gets her hand impaled into the wall by a pair of scissors. Ugh. And uh, there's like, oh man, there's a, okay. There's a, the, that point that I was talking about where these characters make a return. And this is where it gets really nasty, <laughs> because uh, because uh, Sarah's trapped in the bathroom, and you have the, her assailant trying to get in there, but then she has all these people coming to check up on Sarah. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, bad things happen to these people. Now, one of the deaths was pretty interesting. It's her mother who comes to visit her, or, and uh, she go, she's <laughs> the, the, the invader, the house invader, 
you know what is oh she's just called or known as la femme so that's oh, by cool. she, she's played by beatrice uh, dally and uh who does a wonderful job i mean this woman has presence uh, did you did you find that yeah, like, she carried the movie with just her uh, her intent. Just with um, her, just with her walking into a room. Y- y- yeah, you got this idea that there's something seriously wrong and violent with this woman, and yeah. and the movie just looks so good and and kind of built with that because it was it was dark and shadowy in in Sarah's house and La Femme was dressed all in black and it was just it it, it looked really kind of sinister it looked very yeah. sinister the whole thing she kind of as you mentioned before it seemed like she's a like you don't know if she's like a demon or what uh and she's kind of dressed sort of like a demon in a sense with the, she's got this weird gothic thing going on without the makeup or anything um i don't even know what kind of clothes it is it's like some kind of dress very skin tight dress and yeah. uh these big ass like a cenobite robe yeah kind of <laughs> and she walks a little bit like a, a Cenobite, um, with her like hands clasped in front of her and her back straight, and she uh, this woman pulls it off brilliantly. And uh, uh, so yeah, I the uh, the murders in this film are just sometimes they're like really over the top. <laughs> they're definitely over the top, but yeah. uh, but they're but well I done. Love, you know the thing. You know, and I've said this about about movies that we talk about in the past, is that I do just fall in love with these movies that that are very serious. Um, and you know, you, there's there's just so much horror, and a lot of it is is American horror that it's not even a horror comedy, but but the death scenes are kind of campy. Yeah, and and so you get a movie like like Inside, and it's just it's so serious, and I love losing myself um, yeah. in this movie. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, the the death scenes are just wow; they just blow your mind. Yeah, there's a there's a scene where somebody gets that knitting needle through the throat, and uh, like from the side of the neck through the other side, and in most movies that would just kill the person automatically. <laughs> but not this film. I think this film was it was done over the top, but it was done a little more realistically over the top because there's that part where she starts choking on her own blood and she's walking down the hall with the blood splurting out her neck and leaving, you know, uh uh <laughs> uh stains on the wall. Yeah. And and she has to give herself that tracheotomy. Oh, oh that was weird. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was definitely over the top though and unrealistic, I thought well, because uh, you know I don't I I disagree with you on that because I mean not that I know but you know I've read you know and I I, I watch you know, documentaries and I'm just fucking morbid anyway but it's actually really hard to kill a person. Oh, it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it's messy, and and they just keep on living, and and that's what this this movie does is it shows the resiliency of 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 the human spirit and body. Oh, for sure. And and just but, the level of violence but that, the self, that a person can take. The self trach though, the the reason why I think that's uh, she's choking on something, right? And that's why she does it. Yeah, I think it's it must be her own blood because I Maybe. think that's what. That could be it because when she does it, all this blood starts splurting out yeah. and like squirting, like a like it's coming from a squirt gun almost. And uh, 
But she doesn't ever choke on her own blood. She's she just starts breathing, even though all this blood starts squirting out her neck. So that seemed a little bit off to me, like like a little too much. But there was definitely other murders in this film that were over the top. Uh, this movie is just a ride. Um, there's one thing that did bother me about this movie, though, and we brought it up briefly, and it was the cops. <laughs> when they come back the second time, um, yeah. most of them are knocked off pretty pretty quickly and grossly but there's one who who makes it uh for a while anyway (laughs) and uh he when the cops come back they have uh they have somebody they've arrested with them and uh pretty much you know once you see this poor bastard in the back seat handcuffed that he's going to you know end up in the house his fate is sealed yeah and he does end up in the house I found that part kind of funny, too, <laughs> because uh, when they go into the house and they find all the bodies, uh, the, the guy's like, let me go, let me out of this terrible <laughs> house. <laughs> and instead of letting him go, the cops arm him. Yeah, he's like, no, you take this weapon and aim it, and here's how you load it and fire it. And But that's not what bothered me. What bothered me was their decision-making when, when they get to Sarah uh, when they get to Sarah, the lights go out, <laughs> and he's like, okay, we got to go to the breaker, and then we're going to get you out of the house. No, you have a flashlight, get her out of the house, to the car, call for backup. I mean, that, to me, would be the automatic thing when you enter a house of horrors like that. I would think so. And what they do and, is... And coupled with that was that when they when they briefly caught the uh, La Femme, they, they they don't handcuff her, like, fast at no. all. They get her down on the ground, and they just fuck around for so long that she gets away. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. I mean, you should, if you're a police officer, you know, that's, that kind of breaks the suspension of disbelief for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It Be- because you don't, I mean, you, you see all the all the death and the blood everywhere. How, how the hell long was he going to take to slap the cuffs on her? I mean, there was just no urgency at all. Yeah, and there should have been, it should have been a scene that happened very quickly, like sort of, you blink, you miss it, because that probably would have been uh, more believable. And there's another scene that kind of, that was uh, a little unbelievable to me, and I kind of uh, dubbed him as Lobotomy Boy. Yeah. <laughs> He gets uh, uh, the scissors again. The scissors were very popular in this film. Scissors and, and the needles, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he gets the scissors in, like, the head, uh, the forehead. And, like I said, he becomes lobotomy boy because suddenly he's, uh, well, he's like a person who's been lobotomized. He's incoherent. He doesn't know where he is. and But he's, like, doing things. <laughs> like, he figures out how to turn on the lights. <laughs> And, uh, I don't know, that, that, I thought that part was cool, and yet, I don't know, they shouldn't have had him turn back on the lights. But, uh, yeah, so this film, uh, it really left, uh, a mark on me, because, one, it was a lot of fun to watch, and at the same time, it was horrible to watch, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's like that that roller coaster feeling when when you can't help it, <laughs> you know you're you're just the things are happening to you now, yeah. and you know that's uh, because I don't like roller coasters, so I, I get <laughs> I get that thrill from my horror movies. You know, I just I love 
finding that that type of movie that you, you even even somebody like me is like, oh, I don't know if I want to see what comes next. Yeah, and uh, like I found myself looking away a couple of times because the things that were happening were just so oh my god nasty. Um, there's one scene at the end where they're actually cutting the skin with the scissors, and that just disturbs the fuck out of me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. squir- makes me squirm in my seat just thinking about it. So, final thoughts on Inside. Oh boy, there's so much. There's just so much to like. Um, I will, you know, kind of apart from my final thoughts, I want I want to stray just just a little bit. There, the Inside does something really clever, which is when Sarah's friend and and mother come over, and they they keep thinking that that this woman that's terrorizing her, she's so composed that she makes them think that she belongs there. Yeah. You know, her friend thinks that she's actually Sarah's mother. Yeah, and, and her mother comes and... <laughs> it's like, oh, God, that's... It, it, it's just that... Um, you know, it's that kind of suspense that Hitchcock was really good at because, you know, you have those two kinds of suspense, which is where... The first one is for the audience. We don't know what's happening, and, and we wonder, oh, what's going on? What's going to happen? But... There's that other kind that I even prefer where the audience knows, but the characters don't. So we get to revel in, in, their, in yeah. their cluelessness, you know, in that inspiration to shout at the screen, what are you doing? That's, that's yeah, not her mom. Don't, don't, no, just leave, just leave. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you smell so, blood? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really what I, what I love. And... And, you know, in my notes, I know that I have a section that says, final thoughts? <laughs> but I, I, I love this movie. I love this movie. This is, you know, and I told you that I wanted to get something a little bit more hardcore because we've been, we've been doing some lighter stuff. Yeah, a lot of and, comedy and I, type I need stuff. dose of it. Um, you know, this movie and, and Martyrs, any of those, really, the, the French films, but, but Inside is just terrific. It's, Serious, bloody horror. Yeah, uh, A plus recommendation. And there's also there's also a lot of really neat kills. Um, yeah, not to spoil it, but there's one that really impressed me. Um, it's where the cop he's going he's like standing in front of the uh, the the bathroom door. There's a big hole in it. And he's trying to help get uh, Sarah out, and you're focused on the cop's face. And suddenly, you hear this, you know, a gunshot, and then half his face just oh, goes yeah. right off. And I'm yeah, talking about really half his face. It's half his face, man. And i that's the kind of gore I love. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, too. There's a, I don't think you're supposed to take a movie like this seriously, even though it has a serious feel to it. It's just one of those films that uh, that make you go, oh my god, you know, like, it's a squirm film, if you want. Some people might call it torture porn or something. To me, it's just a movie to make you flinch and to revel in, in the love of goriness and, and nastiness. Yeah. And there is a small point to it, though. I don't think it was probably necessary, but it's interesting. I thought... I thought that the point was, without ruining the story, there's a, a very, very strong bond between a mother and uh, their their child. 
uh, even when they're unborn. And this movie yeah. is kind you of know, a result of that. That that was the thing that bothered me most was that I thought that the final reveal was very far fetched. That was like, you know, which they had had gone a different direction with that. Uh, ultimately, it make it makes ultimate sense and wraps everything up and the ending you, you know there's there's a lot of emotional chaos because yeah. of what you fit when you find out what's actually going on yeah um but but the the technical aspect of how that would you know just In the very bizarre coincidence you know yeah i i can kind of agree with that but still i think uh the effect of it uh, as being the point of the film uh, I think it worked overall, especially the very final scene. I thought there was oh, it's perhaps one of, yeah. yeah, it's very creepy and yet, and yet, kind of beautiful. And it, the very final scene kind of wraps up what the whole movie <laughs> has been about. Going after you start, at least I thought maybe maybe you did that. Uh, you, your allegiances start to shift sometimes, maybe you know into who as to who you're rooting for. Yeah. You know, again, not to say too much, but uh, but if if you go out and watch this movie, I think you'll find that uh, that's, that's really interesting. You know, maybe you're rooting for the wrong person. Maybe. And maybe you're maybe. not. It, what it maybe. comes down to is... Uh, uh, <laughs> what it comes down to is uh, you could say that nobody is right or wrong in this film, um, but their actions could be uh, construed as right or wrong. <laughs> there they yes, yeah. I like that. But uh yeah, this movie is uh when they call it extreme, uh there's a reason for that. It's very extreme. Actually, I was uh I forget where I saw this. I read it somewhere. Uh somebody called it perhaps one of the most extreme films ever made and uh and that's a possibility, I think. I, I, like I think that's how, that's how I came to this movie was in uh, one of my searches for the most disturbing film of all time, the most extreme horror film of all time. I do those searches <laughs> and <laughs> come up with good ideas. Yeah, and uh, well, I I'm not very well versed in in this type of thing, but from what I've seen, it, it like even with Martyrs, um, that movie was pretty intense, but. But this one was just all-out battle almost, and uh, and like I said at the beginning of uh, of our uh, discussion on this movie, it was like a fight to the death between bitter enemies uh, that you know wouldn't stop until one of them died. That's what it felt like. And, yeah, uh, very much death, death cage match and, and all that. Yeah, there yeah. was there were some serious things on the line, and and you just don't know what it is. Yeah, until you do know what it is, <laughs> and then yeah. And then, you know, that didn't kill it for me. Uh, the cops kind of killed it for me, but uh, I'll give it uh, three... I hate, I hate bumbling cops in the movies. Yeah. You know, that that pisses me off. That that, that can ruin something for me. Yeah, because... Well, it doesn't in this case, but it comes close. They're, yeah, I get it. They're that, the classic bumbling cops. Yeah, like... It's almost understandable, especially the second time around, because because uh, you're entering a what was an, a, a good, clean peaceful house is now a house of horrors literally and that would put you in like oh my god but still making the, the bad decisions the cops made were nothing more than to keep the story going yep 
and yeah. uh and yeah there are a couple moments of that in this movie as much as i like it yeah. where you can tell that it things would not necessarily go down that way yeah in fact they probably wouldn't but in order to keep the movie going people have to do certain things and make certain decisions yeah and like some there's some people who say bad decisions in horror movies are uh, you know, when people make bad decisions, like they go into the e- creepy things are happening, and you go upstairs to investigate. People are like, "Well, I can't buy into that because that's a stupid decision." But when you think about it, you're put yourself at the bottom of the stairs, and there's weird sounds coming from upstairs. You'd probably go investigate too, because in your mind, there's no demon up there that's about to slaughter you. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because in those instances, I do the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, when you're an audience member watching a horror movie, you think that's the stupidest thing ever because this is a horror movie. Yeah. But if that were you, that's your upstairs. Yeah, and it's you your, know, you're you're place. in your home and yeah. and you're wondering, well, what's going on in my upstairs? Yeah. You know, that wouldn't. Yeah. So that's not a bad. That's not a bad decision. That's something that I think a rational yeah. decision. People people often think that they're immortal anyway. So. A lot of people, like, even when you have the guy, the the guy who, uh, like, attacks the the villain or whatever, you're like, oh, what a stupid move. You're just going <laughs> to get killed. But that's because you know the, the villain has supernatural powers or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, he's going to get slaughtered. But even in real life, you'd have that one asshole who thinks they're the hero and uh, would, you know, try to make their move. And, you know, it's not always bad decisions. But this is bad decision-making because it was... It was created solely uh, as a plot device, and uh, yeah. and you know it's a flaw, but no big deal. The rest of the film is uh, is definitely worth it if you're if you like gore, then you'll love this film. Yeah, and nice, uh, nice, good, what I call realistic gore. Yeah, I guess that's debatable in this movie, but I find it you know it, it's not like Friday the Thirteenth. Or or Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. would kind of gore and kills, and that's what, you know that's what uh, really strikes me about Inside. Yeah, they they go for the realism, but sometimes yeah. the realism is over the top. Yeah, but uh, it's fun no matter what. Um, so I recommend it too. I give it three point five stars, and mainly oh beca- really that's it? Yeah, mainly because of those uh, bad decisions. Um, uh. It's it's a it's a flaw in the writing, and it's something I have trouble getting past. But otherwise, I I you know this movie is is just a blast. If they could have maybe worked out those flaws, this movie might have been so much more effective. Well, I can't fault you with that because I mean what you say is true. Yeah. <laughs> it just uh, ultimately ultimately didn't bother me as much as maybe it should. No, well you know what you're buying into uh, uh, all the rest of it. Um, I just yeah I'm, I, I, just, I, I really get I'm swept away by this movie so. yeah. yeah and I'm ni- I'm nitpicking so <laughs> <laughs> so that is exists from 2007 it gets both our no that is inside what did I say it you said exists which we did which we did an episode like 22 that's fucked up <laughs> how did that movie come out of my mouth <laughs> I'm not I haven't even thought of that movie that's Weird. funny. That's like some kind of weird uh, psych- psychological thing that I might need to look yeah. into. Sasquatch. Maybe you need to watch a Bigfoot movie today. <laughs> Sasquatch. Here I come. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, now we'll just go into uh, our goodbyes, and that that will be it. Okay.
In a world where nations have developed giant monsters instead of nuclear weapons, Bree Kenny is about to blow up the British Parliament. But she is shocked when her plan fails, and she is captured and given an offer she can't refuse. Her brother will be released from prison if she goes to Loch Ness to kill a man who should already be dead. A man who is over a hundred years old, yet appears to be in the prime of his youth. A man named Alistair Crowley. But all is not as it first seems at Loch Ness. An ancient power is rising from the depths and an entire cast of character wants to get control of it. Will Bree work for the crown or against it? With her government handlers watching her every move, Bree discovers the true power within her as she brings hell to downtown London and live up to her promise as Babylon, the Scarlet Woman, the Mother of Abominations. Mixing military intrigue, keiju action, and occult ritual, Mother of Abominations is the debut novel of Desmond Reddick and the first novel in the Monster Earth series from Mechanoid Press, Keiju Pulp at its best, available in ebook format on Amazon.com. Uh, that was pretty fun, wouldn't you say, Mike? I sure had fun with this one. Yeah, me too. Um, I never know what I'm what, what I'm to expect or what to expect when I go into one of these movies because, as I mentioned uh, to you before, um, I have a lot of trouble since uh, the birth of my son watching watching really bad things happening to like children, not teenagers, but like toddlers and you know any any child like under the age of 10 I guess you could say uh, it's like having a child has uh, ruined me in that area well yeah but that's a matter of perspective as, as far as being ruined because I mean that's that's to be expected and, and really you know honorable that you have that father's instinct now Maybe. So, you know you, you, you perceive things from from that point of view I think that that's understandable uh, you know? it's, it's something so, that somebody demented and childless like me can enjoy <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I was that demented person before Keenan so <laughs> I used to like kind of cheer when a child was killed in the film because uh, <laughs> not because I, I wanted to see children get killed but because somebody went there <laughs> yeah I know I know what you mean you know? because it's really rare and uh a lot of American movies, like they don't like refuse to do, to do it. I, I, you don't really see that in in American cinema at all. And speaking of uh, children getting hurt and uh, and extreme films, have you seen the the American remake of Martyrs yet? No, there it's is a, one. It is there is one, and it's out now. 
Really? Yes. Oh, I got something to do today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably crap. Uh, I've, <laughs> terrible for me to make a prejudgment. Well, I hate American remakes of movies. Yeah, I mean, typically me too. Some of them are good, like uh, Let the Right One In. That was pretty decent. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, yeah but uh, uh, this one, um, uh, Martyrs, yeah. I've, I've heard bad things. I haven't seen it, but I've heard bad things. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find it. Yeah, you should. I, I might watch it too. Uh, um, but yeah. So, all right. So, uh, thanks for uh, coming on the show again, Michael. Thanks for it's being my co-host. It's always my pleasure. And and you know, I I love finding you fucked up movies to watch and, and forcing you to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> so so I will talk to you again soon. And yeah, as always, before, before stay dark, my friends. Hang on. Before we go... You did it to me again! <laughs> no, you did it to me, man! <laughs> we, we, gotta, we gotta let the people know, even though they never do. Uh, but <laughs> I, always, I always forget that, yes. We gotta let them know how to get in touch with the show if they want to. Um, you know, as it, actually, occasionally it does happen, not very often... <laughs> But we, lonely people come and visit us. We encourage you. Come on, come to one of these places and talk with us, and uh, leave you know. Also, leave a review on uh, iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to us. Leave a review because that helps that platform presents our show to a wider audience. The more reviews and ratings that we get, so uh, I encourage you to do that. And also, if you want. Um, to if you want to talk to us, maybe tell us that we got something wrong, or, or you know, even better, <laughs> if, if uh, something you think we're doing right, uh, you can or or, or movie recommendations because yes. because I run out of things to watch. So tell me what what you like. If I'd you, love to know what what the audience likes. If you think that you've seen a movie that's fucked up that Michael might not have seen, definitely come on to one of these platforms and uh, yeah, and, and give recommendations. And not I just with fucked you. up films, any film really that you think is pretty cool. Um, nah, so a fucked up one. <laughs> Michael's in a fucked up nah, mo- movie nah. lately. <laughs> he wants he wants to watch people be skinned alive and stuff. Yeah, like martyrs. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so easily. Um, there's a web page, which is where darknessdwells.com. There's a, a Twitter account, and that's at darkdweller74. And uh, we're also on Facebook. You can come. There's a group you can uh, find, and where you can post things and uh, and start discussions yourself. And uh, that's on Facebook. And there's also a Facebook page you can like, where Michael and I are always posting stuff. And you can find that at www.facebook.com, uh, where darkness dwells. And I, I think I oh yeah email. If you want to email us, you can do so by uh, using this address, um, darknessdwells74 at gmail.com. All right. So uh, I think that's it. That sounds good. So can I say it now? Yeah, I guess so. Stay dark, my friends. (laughs) Stay dark indeed. (laughs)